Hey everyone, Bill Giannone here. Welcome back to the Crestcast. Today I'm going to talk about taking things personally. Now, I'm probably going to be a little confusing for some of you because I'm going to bounce around a little bit. But there are times in our business when I advise our Crest members or when I advise owners, or leaders within the company to not take things personally. Let me give you an example of that. When you submit your invoice to your homeowner and then their carrier comes back and wants to chop up your bill and wants to take a whole bunch of things off that you know are legitimate charges, what do we do at that point? Well, for some of us, we get all bent out of shape and we get very personal about it. And we make it an us against them. We make it a how dare they. We really want to protect ourselves. In fact, what we should be doing is treating it as a business venture. They're not doing it personally to us. If your name is John Smith and you own Apex Restoration, they're not specifically sitting in an office one day and deciding, you know what? I don't like that John Smith from Apex. So I'm going to take their $8,000 invoice and I'm just going to lower it to 5,500 because I don't like John. That's not going on guys. That's paranoia. That's absolutely not happening. So if you take it personally, your approach in combating it is going to be different because you're going to have a much more personal answer and retort. And it's probably not going to go very well. And I'm not saying negotiation is what we're supposed to do there, but the tone and tenor of how you respond is going to set the balance for everything that happens from that point forward. I'm saying don't take it personally. When we allow things to be personal in business, that's when we allow our ego to get in the way. If we're running a business and our ego is in charge, here are some of the things that you're going to do. You're going to constantly be getting angry at problems in your company. You're going to constantly be looking to blame people within your company. You might even go so far as to blame everybody who's outside of your company because maybe your ego is very defensive about your company. So now you're going to start blaming your lead sources, your clients, their carriers. Every single person involved in that job is going to get blame. That's all your ego operating. Because you know what? We couldn't possibly be wrong in business. If we're wrong in business, it's on us. So in order to have to be right, we have to find fault elsewhere. It's that old analogy about knocking everybody else down so that you raise yourself up, but you're really not raising yourself up. You're just trying to bring everybody else down. So by contrast, your levels are equal or the same, but that's certainly not what we want to achieve. We want to achieve a situation where we're fully aware of what's going on in our business because we have to have the ability to address it, to correct it, and to learn from it. So we have problems when we have our ego involved. So many, many times we have to say, don't take it personally. Most business decisions should not be taken personally. They should not be judged personally. They should not be thought about personally. If you're looking to hire somebody for your company, yeah, you want to hire attitude. You want to hire somebody who's a good guy. 
but you don't want to hire based on your personal feelings of that person. Make a business decision. If you like somebody, it doesn't mean they can walk in and run your business if they've never been involved in restoration before. That's just not going to happen. So don't make personal decisions when it comes to business. Here's when I do want you to take things personally, though. When it comes to deciding how to correct things, how to assess issues, I don't want you to use the term, it's not about me. I want you to use the term, it is about me. I want you to analyze your own abilities, your own thoughts, and your own practices first. You know, there's a guy who's out there and he's a big time motivational speaker. His name is Larry Janeski. He's built many successful businesses and he's a really, really good motivational coach and speaker. And Larry has a phrase and it's very, very true. He said many years ago that your business today is the exact reflection of what you have allowed it to be. Nobody's running a business today where they can turn around and say, I can't believe what's going on in my company. I just don't know what's happening. I did everything right and look what's happening. You clearly did not do everything right. So instead of letting your ego fight because you have to be right, you have to let your ego work in a selfish way so that you take full responsibility. That scorecard starts and ends with you. Am I working to the best of my own ability? Are my thoughts in line with what the actions of the company are? And are the practices of the company reflecting my mission and vision? You know, we talk about those all the time, mission, vision, and values. Those are the three driving forces within a company. And you should have a mission and a vision about the company. And then your values should be the underlying things that drive everybody to try to work towards satisfying and achieving your mission and vision. You have to be the one that makes it happen though. You can't show up once a week, just walk into your office, lock the door, don't say hello to anybody and expect them to understand your mission and vision. It is your mission and vision as the owner. You have to take control of that. You have to make sure everybody clearly understands it. You can't hand a second or a third grader who's an English speaking child, a Spanish book and expect them to be able to speak conversational Spanish just by reading the book. You have to be there with them. You have to reinforce and coach and teach and educate well, when you run a business, you have to do all of that. Your vision and your mission and your values are in your head. They're part of what makes you who you are. If you want to allow your ego to work in the right way, you have to take ownership over that. And you have to say, nobody can translate my mission and my vision and my values to my employees or to my leaders better than I can. You can never hire somebody. I've never been hired to take somebody else's mission and vision and relay that to the staff. I've been hired to take their mission and vision and to put processes and procedures in place that reflect that mission and vision. But it still has to be the owner front and center 
navigating those waters, narrating what he wants to come out. So it has to be about me if you're the owner. That's when ego's good. Don't pretend you have to be right. Assume you have to be wrong. True leadership comes from two rules. It's not about you. So you have to allow others to learn how to lead. You have to empower others. Remember, the only way to do that, though, is to trust them, but also to give them the tools to succeed. Most of those tools lie within you. And that is a clear mission and vision, articulating clearly what you want out of them. How many jobs do you want? What closing ratio do you want? What size staff do you want? Five years from now, where do you see the company? Make sure when you're doing that also, you're telling the leaders in five years when the company is at this point, which assuming is going to be much bigger place than we're at now, let them know where you envision them as part of that structure. Don't talk about I'm going to be sitting in the Caribbean and I'm going to be making 10 million a year and I'm going to be controlling this dynasty. Talk about what we in the collective are going to be doing, right? It's not about me. It's about we. So remember, it's not about you. The second rule of leadership is it's only about you. When it comes to evaluating your own strengths and weaknesses, you're the only one who can do that. If you're leaving it up to your staff to tell you where you are deficient, you'll never achieve your mission or your vision. You have to be able to be self-reflective and your ego should be strong enough to be confident enough to admit the things you're not good at. I know I'm not a really good marketer. I know that. So when I worked on Wall Street, I owned a company and I had a 50% partner. I was the guy in the pits trading, but I had a 50% partner. He was the guy responsible for going out and marketing our business, going out and finding the customers. He was a great schmoozer. He would spend all hours of the day and night with clients and going all overseas and going all over the country looking for our clients. So we used to have an expression. He found the clients and I kept the clients because I'm the one who executed the business. And if the work wasn't good enough, eventually we were going to lose the clients. So that was what I knew was my weakness. Instead of trying to do it all and keeping 100% of the pie, I gave up 50% of the pie to find somebody whose total strength was my weakness. We had a partnership that lasted 15 years and we had an incredible business that we built from literally scratch because the one thing we were capable of doing was we were able to understand our own strengths and weaknesses and we took action. It's not enough just to say, yeah, I stink at marketing. If I said I stunk at marketing, but then decided to just do the business by myself, there's no way I would have ever been able to grow my business because I couldn't market. So I had to take action. Well, you need to do the same thing. You have to understand your strengths and weaknesses. You have to be able to delegate, especially where you're weak, delegate to your leaders and help and allow others to learn how to lead. If you can do that, you can start growing a really successful business. And yes, that's when you can take it personally.
because it is going to be all on your shoulders at that point to keep growing the business, to make sure that the things you're doing to propel that business get perpetuated. Now, sometimes people are really good at growing startups. I've worked with a guy in this industry who was fantastic from startup to about a million dollars. And once the company got over a million dollars, and I know many of you have heard me talk about this before, once a restoration company gets above a million dollars in mitigation revenue, the look and feel of the company becomes different. You can't do the things that you did to get to a million once you're above a million. If you want to keep going to two and then to five and then to 10, you're a different company. And this guy was really, really good at zero to a million, but he was terrible above a million. And the biggest problem was he couldn't admit that to himself. His ego was great in getting to the million, but the all about me started to point fingers when his weaknesses were getting exploited. We have to be willing to look at ourselves and say, all right, I got to a million. I'm not going to be good to get to five. Who can I bring in and how can I reallocate resources to make this next phase work? That's what each of us need to do. We need to look at where we are right now and we need to have an honest conversation. Don't take the day-to-day things personally as it relates to dealing with your clients, dealing with adjusters, dealing with your own staff. Make business decisions, make good solid business decisions. But when it comes time to your own ego and, and analyzing your own weaknesses and strengths, take that very personally. I hope we're gonna understand the whole idea of taking things personally. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me. I thank you very much for joining me today. I look forward to joining you again real soon on the Crestcast. Take care. Bye-bye.